What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Continental Breakfast. I'm your host, Razak Mzale, and it is, it has been quite a month. I know that we're now in July, uh, but for those of you that don't know, June, pretty much most of June was Ramadan, and Ramadan is over now. So, uh, being done fasting, I feel, I, I feel good. I feel good. Um, now we're in July. And I'm recording this episode actually right after coming back from three clubs uh, with uh, my brother who's visiting from from Zanzibar. And you know the thing is, I really I, I can't stand going going to clubs. I haven't been to a club before today. I haven't been to a club in almost a year and a half. It's been a while. Um, and it wasn't because like I was in a relationship at the time and I didn't really see a need. Most people go to clubs to like, you know, hook up and whatnot. I didn't really see a need for it. Uh, but for me, it's mostly just, I can't stand the noise. I really can't deal with the noise of being at a club. It's just too loud. Um, there seems to be too much going on. And I also get distracted by the amount of ass that gets bombarded on your face. I mean, when we, we went to, there's this one club called Elements, um, and then there's another club like right next to it called Next Door, which is a pretty nice name, and I saw ridiculously uh, beautiful women there. Like, it was insane. These, these girls were, were, were packing. And uh, it did make me, it did make me realize that uh, you know, I think I might be spending a bit too much time indoors. Maybe it's time I get out there and, I don't know, try my luck. Maybe something might happen. I'm not even sure why I'm telling you guys this. Anyway, let's just get on with, the, with what's been going on in the continent. I've got two stories for you guys today that uh, caught my attention. Obviously, there's been a whole lot more going on. But uh, these two stories I definitely want to talk about. The first is South African strippers in prison. So what happened was, um, I think around June 24th, you can correct me if I'm wrong, was Youth Day, all right? And uh, a a South African prison in Johannesburg decided to celebrate Youth Day by uh, ordering, I think ordering is, ordering should be the right word, right? Because that's how it works, it's a delivery service. Uh, Ordering a bunch of strippers to provide the inmates with uh, lap dances. And uh, I don't know what else happened. So this was apparently supposed to be a down low thing. Like no one was supposed to know about this, but some pictures taken by a cell phone, either by, I'm guessing maybe the guards or one of the strippers, because I know the prisoners aren't allowed to have phones, uh, were taken and then circulated online on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then it became this huge deal. And now there's a whole public outcry about this thing. And I, I, I get it. I, I think I, I, I get the outrage uh, because this is, this, this is a prison. It's not supposed to be a place where, you know, you can enjoy yourself. It, prisons are about, uh, corre- it, prisons are essentially correctional facilities. That's what it is. You go to prison as a criminal and you're supposed to leave as someone that wouldn't commit a crime again. That's the point of a prison. It's not just punishment. A prison is a correctional facility or a correctional center. That's why it's 
pretty common for prisons to have these uh, recreational facilities and rehabs and, you know, people that come there and say, uh, I don't know, stop doing drugs and all that, all that jazz. So when you have strippers show up at a prison, I feel that it kind of reinforces some of the criminal elements and it kind of, I can imagine like if I was someone that got shot or or experienced a violent crime and then I, I went to court and whatever and then the person who committed the crime against me was sent to a Johannesburg prison and then I find out that in that prison this dude is getting lap dances when I can barely get a call back. Uh, I'd be pretty pissed off. <laughs> Dude in prison is getting more ass than I am. It's, it's uh, uh, hypothetically, of course. Um, but <laughs> hypothetically speaking. But yeah, um, I, get, I get the outrage. Um, I think it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, it was a pretty bad idea. But uh, some actions have been taken... Against it, this stuff actually ended up on on CNN, where uh, let me see here. Um, there's a guy named James Smallberger. Uh, I don't know if he's if he's if he's uh, Afrikaans, then it would be James Smallberger, right? I think Berger. Anyway. He is the acting national commissioner of the Department of Correctional Services. Huh? What I told you. What did I say? Jails, prison, it's correctional facilities, correctional services. Anyway, so he also condemned the alleged incident. Apparently, he had no knowledge of it. Although I do find it a bit strange how you can smuggle strippers into a prison where you can barely smuggle cocaine up your bum hole. Um, anyway, so on Monday, uh, this week, this Monday, well, the Monday that, you get what I'm saying, uh, there was... A major, he considered this to be a major security breach and a violation of prison protocols. According to him, and I'm quoting here, the department condemns this incident with the contempt it deserves. And right at the outset, we want to make it abundantly clear that we will ha leave no stone unturned to deal with this matter. Uh, he said this in a, in a news conference. Uh, and, you know, this prison, right, uh, specific, this prison was specifically the Johannesburg Medium B Correctional Center. Uh, it's known commonly as Sun City. And the thing you should also know is that this prison is notorious. It's very... It's known that this prison houses South Africa's most violent criminals. Like, this is a place where the worst of the worst go. And uh, I, I, I kind of get it. I think it's pretty screwed up that... Uh, this happened but you gotta wonder how how did it happen if let's say let's let let's say we, we i believe james smallberger right that he the the national commission of the department of correctional services he did not know that this happened how did it happen there had to be some kind of collaboration between the guards and the prison and the prisoners but isn't that commonplace in most in most prisons where you know prisoners start to hustle and then they, they take advantage of the selfish nature of man through the guards, and I'm sure there must have been some kind of cut. Maybe the guards got a chance to bang the strippers after they were all stretched out from lap dances. Uh, I don't know, but the, the, I, I really think that the guards had to collaborate with the prisoners, or the prisoners collaborated with the guards to get this thing um, to happen. Uh, 
it's it, it's pretty screwed up. It's pretty screwed up. It does make me think, though. Um, it does make me think that, like, I'm at the time of this recording, I'm 26 years old, and I've actually never been to a strip club, ever. And I feel like I'm missing out because <laughs> I saw the pictures and I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem. Yeah, sure, the girls didn't seem to be top-notch, and I can imagine that strip clubs are not as glamorous as they seem in the movies, but I actually would like to go to a strip club at some point. It feels like it's some kind of rite of passage, that at some point in your life you need to go into a dirty strip club and experience the food, the sweaty lap dances. I don't know. The thing is, like, I, I think I, I might, I, I think I might just be a bit uncomfortable with it. Going to a strip club, I've had numerous opportunities to go to strip clubs, and I sort of instinctively just say no. I can't, and I don't know. I, I I'm not really an antisocial person. I get along with people fairly well, um, but there's something about strip clubs that I can't get into. Maybe something about my childhood. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea why I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the concept of going to strip clubs, but I think I should at some point. And uh, the day that I do, I will be sure to record a podcast and tell you about my experience. But until then, <sighs> it's just something that I'm, that, uh, I'm thinking about. Yeah. Okay, then. <clears throat> On to the next story. So, Nigeria... All right, in Nigeria, there is a kingpin of kidnapping. And uh, <laughs> firstly, I thought that was very strange. I did not, I, I thought kingpins were criminals that um, focused on like drugs, I don't know, prostitution or something. A kingpin. I had no idea that they were, there could possibly be a kingpin of, of kidnapping. That is legit very strange. Uh, but anyway, so uh, in Nigeria, there's this, uh, the most wanted kidnapped kingpin, right? His name uh, is Chukwudi Onwamadike, also known as Evans. <laughs> Such a, that's, a, that's an odd contrast. What is that? You know that, that YouTube video with that guy... Uh, with the crazy name, I think he's he's also Nigerian. His accent was very very similar to to a Nigerian. Uh, I think his name was Mosas. So you can imagine like someone telling you that that's their name Mosas, but you can call me Evans. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, but anyway, I'm I'm getting sidetracked. Chikudi uh, Onuamadike also known as Evans, he was named the most wanted kingpin, uh, kidnapped kingpin in, in February uh, in Nigeria. Well, uh, late June, just before the end of June, uh, he was overpowered by police at his home in Magodo, Lagos, after a gun battle that lasted several hours. This is according to Premium Times Nigeria. And uh, they finally arrested him. He, this, they, they have been looking for this guy. Well, not really looking for this guy, but trying to arrest him. 
with legal grounds since August 2013 when he tried to kidnap this guy. Uh, his name was Vincent Obianado. He was the owner of the Young Shell Grow Motors in Festac Town. Uh, so this guy, the way he works, right, is he kidnaps these very big-name people or children of big-name people and then holds them for ransom. He gets paid and then he releases them. And that's how he's been able to survive uh, and get really, really rich since August 2013 when the police finally noticed that this was going on. Uh, but here's the thing. The story doesn't just end. And, and it, <laughs> it's, inter like, it's interesting. When they caught this guy, they caught him not just with like barehanded no he had guns he had uh people who were in his in his residence that were apparently kidnapped victims like this dude was caught red-handed all right practically red-handed but then the story doesn't end there ladies and gentlemen because after this guy went to jail he was detained, obviously, because that's how things work, right? You, you can't just arrest someone and then they go to jail immediately. You have to detain them. Um, this kidnap, this uh, billionaire kidnapper, Evans, uh, Mr. Chukudumeme Onwamadike, he sued, he's now suing the Nigerian police um, for 300 million naira in damages. And this is, his, his uh, charges are illegal detention and unconstitutional media trial. Uh, I, I, <laughs> the interesting thing is there's, there's not a lot of information on the basis of his charges. But the thing that creeps me out is this is a very successful man. However way you look at it. This guy got, became a billionaire by kidnapping people. And I have a feeling that he wasn't able to do this on, on his own. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't able to just kidnap people, uh, people related to celebrities and even celebrities themselves and hold them for ransom and continue doing this for, well, since he was first discovered uh, as being one of the most wanted um, kingpins in, in Nigeria. In August 2013, that's f that's uh, four years. He's been doing this for four years, as far as those who noticed concerned. I doubt that he was able to do this for this long on his own. I have a feeling there's some police collusion there, and I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, I know the police in, in Tanzania are not exactly... Ow! Fuck! Oh! Oh! Okay. Sorry about that. My... My cat just decided to jump on me and peel my skin. Oh, fuck, that was painful. Um, anyway, <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I feel like there's police collusion involved in this. It wouldn't surprise me. I know the police are corrupt in Tanzania. Um, I've been here for a number of years, and I've seen it. Almost all problems can be solved with a bribe. You could straight up murder somebody in front of a police station. And if you have enough money to bribe the cops, you're probably going to get away with it. So 
That's something the Nigerian police really need to look into. But how did you do that if you figure that there's someone on the inside handling things? Um, I personally am a bit concerned that this guy might actually end up leaving uh, unscathed uh, with 300 million naira in his pocket. Uh, but I'm, this is definitely a case that uh, is worth watching, seeing how it develops. Uh, so far, there's not many updates. We just know that he's he's uh, filed the lawsuit, and these things take time. Uh, but what do you think? Do you think uh, maybe the, he has legal grounds for this? Illegal detention and unconstitutional media trial? Um do you think that he actually has a basis for these charges or is he just activating his backup plan? You know, a kingpin, ha kingpin has been kidnapping people for years. I'm sure he's made a plan for if he ever gets caught. Uh, and I feel like that plan might involve an inside job with the police. But I'm quite curious what you guys think. And also with the whole stripper thing. Is it, am, I, am I wrong for seeing how messed up it is to have the most notorious prison, well, the prison housing the most notorious criminals in, in South Africa, uh, be enjoying Youth Day by having strippers. I mean, can't, wouldn't, they, wouldn't it be more useful to have maybe some recreational programs, um, something that would... It's Youth Day. You know, you could teach people about uh, and, uh, domestic abuse or things like that. I don't know. Put some effort into actually recreating recreational services that's what that's what a, a prison is it's a correctional facility and on youth day you're supposed to you know if you want to do something you should do something that focuses on correctional correctional um damn correctional correctional services so i'm quite curious what you guys think i personally think uh, with, with regards to the first story that it was really messed up i completely disagree uh, with the idea of bringing strippers to a prison, I think it's pretty messed up. Uh, and with the second story, I'm like 85% sure this Evans guy is colluding with the police. And I ha I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to get away with it. And if he does, I don't know if it's going to be a big deal. Uh, because this is one of those stories that isn't getting enough media attention. I, uh, so far, everybody's focusing on flipping Trump and his tweets. Uh, nobody seems to be noticing what's going on in the rest of the world. I mean, for God's sake, there's a guy that has been kidnapping people since 2013, and he's become a billionaire from doing it, and he was finally caught, and now he may be free because of illegal detention or, some, or possibility of collusion with the police, and no one cares. People are talking about Trump and that... I don't know, that girl, that woman, news reporter, or whatever, the journalist that he made fun of on Twitter became a huge deal. Uh, honestly, that's probably, to me, that's the, one of the main reasons why I just want Trump to be impeached. It's because I'm so tired of the media today. Everywhere I go, it's just Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump that. Uh, you watch like Colbert or you watch Bill Meyer and it's just Trump this, Trump that, Trump this, Trump. And, and I'm like, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> I got to give major props to Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera, though, that is like the one news source that I can rely on uh, 
when it comes to just unbiased, unfaltered news reporting. They just straight up report what's going on and they always focus on the hard and gritty stuff that nobody wants to talk about. So major props to them. If if you guys are interested in like finding out what's going on in the world without the, the media bias or without the whole liberal bias, I highly recommend Al Jazeera. So yeah, that's what's been going on. Actually, there was something else that happened. Um, this is a story that I wanted to report last week, but uh, I got really, really busy. The National uh, Film and Censorship Board, I think. I think that's what it's called. Let me actually, let me, let me check this online. Um, I completely forgot what the... I think the National Film and Video Censorship Board, I think that's what they're called, correct me if I'm wrong, in Nigeria, basically they, they committed one of the most heartless and painful crimes or actions I have heard of in a long time. And that is they seized 6,000 porn bootleg films in Nigeria, specifically in an area called Jos in Nigeria. And this just broke my heart. This broke my heart. This is actually more serious than, than I think people are giving credit to. Because I know one thing, right? If people are legitimately going out and buying bootleg porn, right? Those porn videos that, those porn videos that are, they come in those packages that look like those Pop-Tart packages. It's just this big plastic with a poster in it and then the CDs inside. Um, if, you, if, if you're going to stoop that low, where you've got Pornhub now, you've got X videos, you've got all these other porn sites online, I don't know, I never go. <clears throat> uh, if you got all these videos, these sites online where you can stream porn and download porn for free, but you're going to go buy bootleg porn, it must mean that you just don't have an option. You don't have the option. Maybe these people don't have smartphones and they just need to get a good jerk off because life is flipping hard. And that's, you know, I don't know if, actually, I think women would understand. When women, when women orgasm, it's basically it's the end, right? That's it. Anything can happen after that and it won't matter. And it's the same for guys. Like if a guy has an orgasm, the guy just jizzes. You could he could get a call and find that like his best friend is, has cancer and he's just gonna be okay with it up until the the feeling subsides. And I'm I'm bringing this point across because I feel that these censorship boards underestimate the value of orgasms and jizzing and just how much it can help society. I think all world wars would probably end if everyone just jerked off before making a decision. Um, and I'm very serious about that. Like, should we go to war with, should we go to war with Russia? Uh, hold on, let me, let me think about it. Then just, I'm like, you know what? Nah, let's figure something else out.
I think you should not deny people's rights to stimulus that would help them jerk off so long as it's legal, right? And the reason why this... I'm pretty sure I'm getting their name wrong. The National Film and Video Censorship Board, they seized these 6,000 porn videos, uh, porn movies, was because they said it was against their Christian values. Uh, And this shouldn't surprise you because I don't know if you remember... Fifty Shades of Grey, when it was initially released, was banned in Nigeria by the same people that are seizing these porn videos. So it doesn't surprise me. Um, Nigeria is is a re- very Christian country, uh, but I don't know. I just I just kind of feel sorry for the people there with regards to the situation. It's a rich country. the The women are <laughs> the women are pretty hot. Um, they're doing fairly well off financially compared to other African countries. Uh, but I'm sorry, I. you can give me a million dollars to live in a beautiful house in a beautiful country, but if you tell me that this country will prosecute you or will ban porn, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to go back into my shack you know, <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. I'm not that addicted. Um, I'm not that addicted to pornography. You know, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty sad. And you know, the thing is, right? The only thing you're doing is by by removing these these porn videos is you you're telling people we we don't want to sanction the 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 access that you have to watch these videos. But you're not really changing the mindset. And that's the issue with censorship, is that censorship doesn't change anything. It just blocks, right? I remember when I was... I I spent some years in Saudi Arabia, right? And in Saudi Arabia, porn sites are blocked for days. I had to do some serious Mr. Robot shit to get a good good wank, but I was much younger then, so... Um, But yeah, it... A lot of porn sites are blocked. Pretty much all of them are blocked in, in Saudi Arabia. But almost all the guys you meet are complete jerk-offs. I mean, these guys are addicted to, to masturbation. And I think it's because they're limited access to it. You know, you ever go... Like, I mentioned this in, in I think, I think the previous episode, where... If you prevent someone, if you make a rule telling someone they can't do something, it motivates them to do it. You know, human beings are rebellious by nature, especially creative people, but we're rebellious by nature. And you see 6,000 porn movies, you're just telling them to find another way to get their porn because the demand is there. You don't get rid of the demand. If you really want to change people's mindsets, get rid of the demand. You want people to stop buying porn convince them on why buying porn is bad don't just ban it because then they're just going to get it elsewhere if a man is determined enough to jerk off he'd probably order a movie all the way from fucking from from amazon or whatnot just so that he can he can get a good wank with this whole seizing of the porn porn movies i just think it's 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 a bit ridiculous but uh, you know you gotta respect the sovereign status of Nigeria. It's a sovereign state, and they're allowed to do whatever the hell they want to do. 
uh, and I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm just an idiot, but uh, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it's the, it's the right way to go about things. If you want people, if you want your countrymen, uh, countrymen and women to, be, to have pure Christian values, the way to deal with that is not just censorship. Sure, you can do censorship, but you've got to combine that with some form of re-education. Look at North Korea. They've got it on lock. North Korea, I, I got to respect these guys. I mean, I'm not a fan of North Korea. I don't agree with what they're doing at all. But you can see it and how they operate. They combine censorship with re-education. And it's hard to find any... I, 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 like North Korea is just filled with nationalists and patri patriotic people. Sure, I'm sure there are people that just want to get the hell out of there. But the majority of people in North Korea are very much supportive of their leader. And they believe a lot of what he says because he re-educates them. Um, holy, holy crap, I think I just came across sounding like I'm recommending Nigeria form some sort of uh, re-education dictatorship program to convince everyone to stop watching porn. But that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, you can re-educate people. You know, there's like that porn, these documentaries out there, these videos out there, uh, these videos out there about um, um, the negative effects of porn and what some of the women have to go through and such and such. You know, things like that can kind of turn you away from it. I think they should at least try to invest in like a re-education program. Uh, to reduce the demand for porn. Then they won't have to work so hard to start seizing porn from the people. So long as they don't get anywhere near Tanzania, because, hey, man, I don't want anyone getting in the way between me and my porn. All right? Like, I don't watch porn all the time. I'm not a porn addict. It's just something that I don't want to be blocked from. All right? I was censored from porn for five years during puberty. Like, the early stages of puberty, that's when porn was blocked from my life. So... I ain't going through that. Sh I ain't going through that shit again. All right. So as long as it doesn't happen here, I'm 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 hoping. You know, right now the Tanzanian president is is on a roll with some radical changes, many of which that I agree with. But I hope he doesn't just decide one day to ban porn. Because if that happens, then then I'm going to start a Kickstarter program or Indiegogo or some crowdfunding and uh, just get as much help as I can to get the living hell out of here uh, to a place where porn is, is readily available. I am not addicted to porn, though, and I know I've given the impression that I am, but I feel like I should say that I am not at all. But I do respect my right to have access to it whenever possible. <sighs> well, I got a bit sidetracked here. Anyway... Uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> you know, I think this, this podcast is, is going to kind of shift from being just this, this podcast where I talk about trending stories and I think it's just going to end up being more of like a, I'll talk about a trending story for like five minutes and then I'm just going to rant or talk smack about things that I've experienced or seen. Anyway, 
Thanks for tuning into the Continental Breakfast. I'm your host, Razak Mzale. And if you want updates on episodes, hit the subscribe button. If you liked the episode, hit the like button. If you didn't like the episode, hit the dislike button. And maybe tell me why you didn't like it in the comments section. If you have any comments or up or opinions on some of the stories that I've been talking about, you know, feel free to comment in the comment section below. Uh, and uh, I'm out. <laughs>